feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Shocking reactions to what was a historic raid of a president's home. And we're getting more details as to what they took. We're just hearing that they went through the basement area. They went through entire, basically, Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, President Trump's uh, attorneys that were able to finally get there, when they actually arrived, they were told, oh, you just got to stay outside. You are not allowed to come into the rooms where we're actually doing the search. So they were kept at bay. That, you know, that opens up a whole big can of worms. Apparently, the FBI agents that came and were raiding President Trump's home also went through Melania's wardrobe. They were literally like shuffling through her closet. I'd love to go through her closet. I bet she had some great clothes in there. But they were clearly looking for other things, but it just shows that every nook and cranny of Mar-a-Lago was being searched. And many people are saying this was all for records that were supposed to allegedly be turned over. Apparently, the president was cooperating. They even had a series of meetings. And at one point, the president even met with the people with the archives and was saying that he was cooperating, even stopped into the meeting. They apparently handed over boxes of information back in January. So what is this really all about? Is it only about National Archives, about documents that they want handed back to them? Or are they on a fishing expedition and doing a raid? Is that really the way to do it? That seems awfully heavy-handed. Take a listen first off. Here is Trump lawyer Christina Robb talking about what she sees is behind this. This is just clearly a partisan political uh, operation because they're scared of Donald Trump. They don't want him to run in 2024. And the code that they want to try to prosecute him under uh, would allow for them to say he's not allowed to run for office again. So they're salivating to try to prevent him from running for office again. The problem is there are no crimes committed, so they cannot actually legitimately get a conviction. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to try But whatever they do, it's not going to carry any weight. It's not going to hold water. And it's not going to stick, more importantly. Uh, they, They just don't have a leg to stand on. And former prosecutor Andy McCarthy says that this may all just be a pretense for trying to get information on January 6th, saying it is for the National Archives papers, those kind of things, but really looking around for something else that will help the January 6th investigation. Take a listen to what he had to say. I don't think that, uh, as usual in Washington, I think it's not about what it's about. I don't think this really has much to do with the Presidential Records Act or classified information. I think they're conducting an investigation trying to tie Trump to the Capitol riot, and they don't want to come out and say that for a variety of reasons, so they use this as their pretext to conduct a search. But I don't think they're looking to prosecute the first prosecution ever by the Justice Department of a former president of the United States on this kind of a classified information uh, violation, which is comparatively trivial. Uh, What they're trying to do is make the January 6th case. I I, I doubt they're going to be able to make it, but I think that's what they're trying to do. 
Wow. So is that legal? Is this a fishing expedition against the former president of the United States and someone who is likely going to be a candidate for 2024? Well, joining us now, I think, is the greatest legal mind out there. He has written, by the way, his 50th book. It's called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the consequences. Boy, is that a fitting title for what we're talking about now. And joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show is the great noted law professor, Alan Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, thanks for uh, being here. Well, thank you. You know, in my book, The Price of Principle, I essentially predicted this. I said that one of the things that that principles abolition has caused is the weaponization of the criminal justice system for partisan purposes. And we're seeing that acted out. I have a whole chapter in my book about that. It's as if I wrote the book knowing that this was going to happen. There's only one good thing that's come of this. One good thing. It is creating civil libertarians around the country. People are so upset at this. You know, people used to tell me all the time that a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. And my answer has always been, yeah, and a civil libertarian is a conservative who's had a search and seizure conducted on his house. And that there's nothing better to turn you into a civil libertarian than to see how this Fourth Amendment and the right to search has been abused by this government. I, I saw it abused during the McCarthy period. I saw it abused um, during the Nixon period. But I've never seen it abused as much as it has been by the left. Uh, their motto seems to be today, free speech for me but not for thee, due process for me but not for thee. Constitution protections for me are nothing. Let me give you the worst example of it. My former colleague, Lawrence Tribe, who's now on CNN all the time, he actually urged, urged the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, his former students, to indict former President Trump for attempting to murder the Vice President Pence. Can you imagine that? Attempting to murder. That's how far... Lawrence Tribe is willing to go. If a student wrote that in an exam, I'd give him a C minus with great inflation. But that's what the hard left is doing. Anything to get Trump. Doesn't matter how much you have to stretch the law. This absurd law that people are citing now that says a president can't run for office or a person can't run for office if he has been convicted of a crime, it's so clearly unconstitutional. The Constitution set that some criteria for running for president. 35 years old, born in the United States, didn't fight in the Civil War, and hasn't been impeached plus the uh, disqualification for office. If you meet those criteria, you can run from prison. You can run anywhere and do anything. It's the Constitution, not statutes, that determine eligibility to run. So but, you know, do you believe be- do you believe then, Professor Dershowitz, this is all about, you know, just trying to find a way to stop him from running? There's no doubt about that. It was Lavrenti Beria, the former head of the KGB, who once said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. People are so anxious to find crimes. These articles that appear in The New York Times and these commentators on CNN going through all these crimes conspiracy to defraud the United States. You know, these are accordion-like crimes that can be stretched to cover almost anything. And where are the civil libertarians? Where is the ACLU? I think I'm the only Democrat who seems to be concerned about this. Uh, Andy Como, Andrew Como, came out today and raised some questions about that. On the other hand, Hillary Clinton, the opposite. 
Hillary Clinton is wearing a hat. Hillary Clinton's a friend of mine. I like her. I voted for her. She's wearing a hat, um, which says something like, uh, you know, mocking the idea. Well, what about Hillary's emails? Well, you know, that's a key point. What about Hillary's emails? What about it? Why do we have a double standard? Why does Hillary not get searched or investigated for doing at least as bad with national security and confidential things. What about Sandy Berger? You know, what about ism is a good thing, not a bad thing. What about ism is just another way of saying the shoe has to fit on the other foot. If you're going to have one rule of law in America for everybody, not a different rule of law for Republicans and Democrats, you got to make sure that the precedents of the past are applied today. And the precedents of the past are that you don't get searched for violating classified acts or acts involving the National Archives. That's just something invented for Donald Trump. You know, um, you talked about this. You're right. This has always been something that you hand over the documents. Apparently, they were even cooperating and talking to them. So you believe, first off, that there should have been a subpoena as opposed to a search warrant. Uh, Talk about that. You always use a subpoena unless you think the legitimate use of the subpoena, uh, unless you think that the evidence will be destroyed. Now, I couldn't have thought that because Trump was a thousand miles away playing golf um, in his hotel. He couldn't have destroyed it. They could have issued a subpoena to produce the material tomorrow morning. Let me tell you why they didn't do it, because they were trying to circumvent the Fifth Amendment. If you issue a subpoena, the recipient of the subpoena can claim the Fifth Amendment based on the fact that his production of the material constitutes an admission that he had it in his hand. And so you have to give him immunity in order to get that kind of material. And in order to circumvent that, you just conduct a search. And then there's no Fifth Amendment because the person himself had nothing to do with it. You just grab the stuff. The other advantage of a search is you can take anything you see. Uh, On a subpoena, it's for particular documents. And the judge has a chance to go over them. And if you had a subpoena in this case, Trump's lawyers would have gone to court and say, look, there are four or five classifications of things that uh, we have in our possession. Number one, material has never been classified. Number two, material that Trump declassified. Number three, material that may be privileged by lawyer-client privilege or by executive privilege. So, Judge, you have to assess each and everything. I've done that 100 times with subpoenas on my client, on myself, et cetera. They didn't want to go through that. So they just sent these 30 people, grab anything you can see that appears relevant to any investigation, if it's in plain sight, and then you'll you know, work through it and decide what you're going to use and what you're not going to use. My big disappointment is why are the Trump lawyers, why were they not in court 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday? Why were they not in court 7.30 in the morning today? trying to get some relief you have to become proactive that's a great point yeah yeah they're sitting back there waiting for him to be indicted as far as i know maybe they're there and we don't know about it but normally the media would report on that that's a very good point because the minute that they knew a search was starting uh yesterday morning why didn't they immediately at least some of them go to mar-a-lago and then the others are in court saying stop this um, that's yeah. why is there something now that they can do to say, do not yeah. open those boxes? Because just as you pointed yeah. out, it sounds like they went on a big old fishing expedition. They can do that. They can say, let's freeze everything the way it is 
and let's wait and see. The, the other thing is, you know, we have to change the law. You can't allow searches to take place without a lawyer being present. People can plant evidence. People can change where the evidence is. You need a lawyer there or a judge, somebody who can supervise the search. Sorry, America, but we just don't trust uh, the FBI or policemen necessarily to conduct a search consistent with the Fourth Amendment. Now, that by the happens. way, by the way, Professor Dershowitz, a lawyer to come in. Yeah, they said yeah. that apparently that uh, Trump's attorneys were able to get there. They came about an hour later because they were caught yeah. off guard like everybody else. And according to reports, they were told to stay outside. Basically, well, you I cannot come in while we're gathering information and could not observe it. That That's according to I, reports. I that's to terrible. You, if I were a lawyer, I wouldn't listen to them. I would have gone there and I would have observed. I would have taken out my cell phone. I would start taking pictures. Let them arrest me for obstruction of justice. That's not obstruction of justice. That's doing justice. But to be safe, we need to change the law going forward and say that any lawyer can always observe a search. You can't interfere with it, but you can observe a search. You can photograph a search. What do they have to hide? Why are they unwilling to have a lawyer there? Why are they unwilling to have it photographed? Why are they unwilling to have it videotaped? In some jurisdictions, searches are videotaped, but not in the federal courts. Where do you see this headed, Professor Dershowitz? Um, are you concerned that they're going to try to find whatever they can now in those documents and tie it to whatever, whether it's the Archives Act, whether it's to January 6th, just kind of throw a dart and try to find something? I am afraid that they are going to try to indict uh, a president selectively, and, um, and they're going to try to do it in the District of Columbia, even though the search was in Palm Beach. They know that there could be a fair trial in Palm Beach. That cannot be a fair trial of Trump or anybody associated with Trump in the District of Columbia, which is 85 percent Democrat. And so they're purposely trying, if they're going to indict, they're going to do it in the District of Columbia, where they will win a trial. And the issue will then be uh, appeal. That's happened in every one of these Trump cases. They've all been convicted. I'm very concerned because I'm now representing a young man, a law student who went into the Capitol, having been invited by the police, did no violence, no property destruction, been indicted for a felony, denied his law school uh, graduation. And I'm representing him along with a group of other very fine lawyers. And we're worried because the trial is going to be in the District of Columbia. We, you know, obviously we'll move for a change of venue, but those are rarely granted. Wow. Now, what if the president asks you to join his team on this? I know that you've, you know, you've helped in the past. What Would you step yeah. in? Well, I would certainly advise any president, Democrat or Republican, on constitutional issues. Um, I'm on Martha's Vineyard now where nobody speaks to me and where the library won't let me speak or et cetera. But I first came to Martha's Vineyard 53 years ago to, to help defend Ted Kennedy at Chappaquiddick. I've defend, helped defend Bill Clinton. I've helped defend Alan Cranston. I've helped defend the Democratic governor of Louisiana. The first Republican I ever uh, defended was Donald Trump, and that's the reason, you know, nobody is talking to me. This morning we got an email. We were invited to the engagement party of a close friend's daughter uh, on Martha's Vineyard, and we got an email saying, sorry, we have to disinvite you because so many people have said that if you show up at the party, we're going to leave. Wow. That's what I'm getting on the vineyard. But that's okay. That's just a party. But the library, a tax-funded library, has refused to allow me to speak every year until I defended Trump. I had the biggest crowds. 
And you know what their excuse was for not allowing me to speak? You're too popular. And the crowds are too big. It's like what Yogi Berra once said about a restaurant. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Uh, so uh, it, it's, you know, the, that's why I wrote the book, The Price of Principle, because I tell the story about what it's cost me and my family. You know, my wife and my children didn't even want me to represent uh, former President Trump. They opposed it. And they're um, uh, victims of this kind of McCarthyism uh, in Shulmark, Massachusetts. And the people who do it are divided into several groups. There's a whole bunch of them, very wealthy people, who are just too stupid to understand the difference between representing somebody and supporting him. You know, I voted against Trump twice, and I want to have the right to vote against him a third time. That's why I don't want him to be disqualified. So there's a group in Shulmark that's just too stupid to understand. There's another group that pretends to be too stupid to understand, but they really do understand. And then there's the third group, the McCarthyites, who just don't care. If you represent Trump, then nobody's going to talk to you or allow you to speak in the library. That's stunning. Wow. Do do me a favor, Professor Dershowitz, if you could stay with us. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. And I want to ask you one or two quick questions. And I also want to hear more about your book right after the break, if you can join us just for two or three minutes after the break. Fantastic. We're going to continue with the great legal scholar, Alan Dershowitz, after the break, everybody here on The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we continue now with a noted law professor and also great author, Alan Dershowitz. He has written his 50th book. It is called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, I have read uh, not all 49, but I read a lot of his books, and they are always fantastic. I can't wait to read this one. It's getting great reviews. And Professor Dershowitz, you know, this goes right to what we are talking about with what happened with President yeah. Trump. What are some of the lessons, first off, from your book that I know everyone's going to want to read and what we can learn and how we can turn the tide? Because you talk about how freedom of expression and conscience and due process, a lot of these things are under attack. They've been guiding principles for you. But how do we turn this around? Well, you know, since I've been a kid, I've been living by certain principles, free speech, due process, equal protection, fairness. You know, I studied the Bible as a young boy very carefully. I went to a Jewish school, yeshiva. I always try to live by those principles, never tried to be popular uh, until recently, I was able both to live by the principles and be popular. But then after I defended President Trump, I've defended a lot of people who are very unpopular. Uh, it never, never caused this kind of thing. O.J. Simpson, Jeffrey Epstein, and Leona Helmsley, and, you know, uh, Mike Tyson. It never, never happened like this. But representing President Trump in front of the Senate, and I think doing a very good job, a very professional job um, of representing him, it's caused me to lose close friends. It's caused me to lose the ability. For for example, I'm very active in Jewish causes and in pro-Israel causes, but now I'm banned from the largest synagogue in New York, Temple Emanuel, the largest speaking forum in New York, the, uh, the 92nd Street YMHA Young Man's Hebrew Association, from the Ramaz School, one of the most prominent um, high schools, Jewish high schools in New York, and, um, you know, even though I've you know, spoken up for the Jewish community and defended Israel for 60 years, I am now a pariah among particularly reformed Jews, left-wing Jews, anti-Zionist Jews. But, you know, it, it, it hurts me because I've devoted so much time 
to this, and I have a chapter on how the Jewish community has abandoned me. I have a chapter about how my community in Shulmark has abandoned me. I have a chapter on the impact it's had on my friends. But this is not about me. This and, is about what America has become and, and what it's going to become. And and Professor Dershowitz, unfortunately, we're yeah. coming up to a hard break. Everybody, please, The Price of Principle, you have to read this from the great Professor Alan Dershowitz. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we talk about honoring our great law enforcement men and women, a shout-out to the St. Paul, Minnesota Police Department, where an officer there saved four children from a burning building. Officer Bill Boudet, who is the most senior officer in the department with 29 years of experience, was patrolling when he noticed smoke, and Boudet followed the smoke until he found a duplex a few streets away, and it was on fire. After calling the fire department personnel, the officer immediately rushed to the home to make sure nobody was inside. The duplex was full of smoke. The officer was able to help a resident from the upper unit get outside, but when he knocked on the door to the lower unit, there was no answer, and he couldn't confirm that the unit was unoccupied, and he didn't want to take any chances, so he kicked the door open, and he found four children inside, ages ranging from three to seven years old. He quickly evacuated and rescued all four children and promptly reunited them with their father. The St. Paul Fire Department arrived soon after that and put out the fire. Uh, the St. Paul Police Department then said, officers don't get to choose calls. These calls choose the officers. And the head of the department said that Officer Baudet was in the right place at the right time and was able to change the course of this event for this family. And as a result... He received the Richard H. Rowan Award, which is awarded to an officer there who exemplifies legacy, leadership, integrity, courage, and innovation. By the way, fire kills about 500 children age 14 and under every year across the United States. Uh, So, boy, this could have been much, much more serious. And thank goodness everybody got out safely thanks to that courageous and intuitive officer And that's why it's always so important to back the blue. Well, we are talking about this raid that took place on President Trump's home. Really stunning. And you just heard from Professor Alan Dershowitz. Give us his take. Uh, He said he could not believe that they didn't issue just a subpoena for the documents. If they were having trouble getting documents, you know, you were going through all the examples. Hillary Clinton uh, he talked also about Sandy Berger, who was the national security advisor for the Clintons. He literally was in the National Archives stealing documents, putting it in his clothes, and they had it on videotape. And at that case, he just had to return them. Hillary Clinton with her server. Remember, like bleach bit her server that was based in the basement of her home in Chappaqua. So come on, that wasn't a search warrant. Sandy Berger wasn't a search warrant. And apparently President Trump, by all accounts, was cooperating, at least as of recently. They had meetings. And, in fact, the attorney who was dealing with this records request, this is like a rudimentary request. I've covered presidents for many years, many presidents. And I've never heard of where they actually, like, prosecuted somebody for not giving documents. And in this case, 
President Trump and his attorneys are basically saying we were cooperating. They had a meeting. Apparently, they gave 15 boxes worth of documents back in January. Then apparently, there was another meeting in June, and even President Trump popped into that meeting and they said, listen, if you could just secure these documents, put them in a safe place. And apparently they were put in a location in the basement there in Mar-a-Lago, kept in that location. And so why suddenly, you know, guns blazing with AK-47s and more than 30, you know, FBI agents, do they suddenly storm Mar-a-Lago? Why now? What are they looking for? And how scary is it if indeed what you just heard from Professor Dershowitz here live with me on the show or also what Andy McCarthy and a lot of other former federal prosecutors and others are saying is that this very well could be, quote, a fishing expedition. In other words, they can get in the door saying, hey, we're looking for documents tied to this National Archives request, this sort of rudimentary, basically, issue. You know, and because of that, we're basically have the, you know, the jurisdiction, if you will, to go in. And, oh, gosh, lo and behold, while we were looking for these documents, we were able to get all these other documents that actually are now helpful to the January 6th committee that will be turning over to the January 6th committee. In other words, looking for a crime, looking for anything they can find and using the sort of false pretext that they're going in for these National Archive documents because they've never done it before in history. Why would you suddenly do it now with guns blazing into a president's home, a former president's home, and likely a future presidential candidate? To me, this is so overreaching. It is so outrageous. And if indeed they find something that can be helpful to, quote, use, you know, for the January 6th committee or something else, that's not the way it works. You're supposed to say, hey, we have clear evidence of blank. We are specifically looking for this, and that's why we're doing it. And why today? Why are we here now, 24 hours later, and we still have gotten zero comment from President Biden? He was asked today six ways to Sunday by different reporters. He wouldn't answer a thing. He was signing all the stuff about, you know, getting Finland and Sweden into NATO, but he wouldn't answer a thing about President Trump. Normally, he can't. Everything is Trump, 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 Trump at the White House. You know, the great MAGA this, the MAGA this, the MAGA that. And yet today, they're like silent on it. And then even they were asking the White House press secretary. She barely had any answers. Oh, we didn't get a heads up. Uh, the president's always believed in a separation between the White House and the Department of Justice. Yeah, right. I don't believe that, and I don't think any of you should either. Take a listen. Here's Newt Gingrich, who said, this is a downright frightening time in America. And I think it's a very scary step towards a police state eliminating the Constitution as a real document. And he says, not just for President Trump, but literally for every American. Really a double standard, but I think what's even more troubling, and what every American, whether you're Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter, liberal, conservative, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> if 30 FBI agents can take over the House of a former president of the United States and probable candidate for president, what can they do to you? Wow, what can they do to you? Think about this. If there are no rules... For somebody who is a former and potentially future president, then what rules apply to everybody else? Oh, we're just going to hire 87,000 more IRS agents? Come on in. Anything else you want to do? Well, here is Jonathan Turley because 
he says there is a chance that they may have nothing, but they're trying to find something. And boy, is that scary. This is Jonathan Turley, who, by the way, is not always a fan of President Trump. But take a listen. There's also suggestions that they could have had an alternative purpose, that is, they're using uh, the classified documents as a way to get January 6th uh, evidence. If that's the case, um, they could be really laying the groundwork for serious repercussions. Uh, some of these people could follow Peter, uh, Peter Strzok into uh, a private employment, if that's the case, because it would mean that they misrepresented their purpose. They used a pretext uh, before the court. That's exactly the type of dishonesty that the FBI was found to have engaged in during the Russian collusion investigation. Yeah, do you want to go through that? Years of taxpayer expense that turned out to be a fabricated mess based on false information to justify, quote, a search warrant. What a surprise. So that's why everybody wants to see the search warrant. They want to find out what's in it, and they want to find who justified it. In fact, Kevin McCarthy, of course, the leader in the House for the Republicans, came out and said, you know what? Guess what? Merrick Garland? Be ready, because we are looking to go after you. We want to find out what details you have. How did you justify this? Is there something that was completely improper about this? What was the basis? You better save every document, because if the Republicans take the House, you will be investigated. And there are people already who are saying, not only will he be investigated, Rick Scott, Senator from Florida, saying, you will be impeached. They're saying the impeachment goes toward Garland, that he has so overreached his bounds. And the fact that they haven't put out a statement, typically, by the way, the DOJ doesn't often, like, have a press conference or something like that. But listen, Comey, remember, came out and made some statements. They should have at least put a written statement out. Are you kidding me? You go to the president of the United States home. You raid his home when he is not there and you, he doesn't know why he said he was cooperating. It's over Archives Act, which has never, ever been instituted before, where there would be a search warrant type thing. Are you? This is the most rudimentary procedure that every single president goes through, is what he can keep, what he has to give back, what's classified, what's not classified, all of this stuff. And you go through this, and you don't even put out a statement, or the president of the United States doesn't put out a statement. That, to me, is obscene. That is ridiculous. What are they hiding? And also, Jonathan Turley agrees with Professor Dershowitz, who we just had on, that at, at the, at the most, they should not have done a search warrant. What they should have done, if they were going to really overreach, but still wanted to have the results of getting these documents, was issue a subpoena. Take a listen. You know, to hear the account of these ongoing negotiations and meetings into June, uh, you're still left with this question of why they decided to order the raid on the uh, residence of the former president. Uh, you had them sitting down and discussing presumably specific documents. In the very least, they could have used a subpoena to achieve this same result. And so there is this question about the means and the timing uh, of the raid. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. What are your questions tonight, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Frank on line five from Maine. Frank, your thoughts about this? Um, Rita, it's always a pleasure to uh, hear your voice and to, to hear the best investigative journalist on, in the market today. You know, Rita, 
the more they go after Trump, the the stronger his base gets. Um, and the more they try to get things that that don't exist, <laughs> the more they try to dig and dig and raid and raid and go after him and go after him, the more people get incensed and the more they'll vote for anybody, even if Trump doesn't win, they'll vote for any other Republican over these dingbats, over these losers, over these people who think they have more power than God and they will get them out, and they will indict them. That's all I have to say. I don't, I, Stan, Stan's probably going to disagree with that, but I think that the more they go after him, the more his base gets stronger, and the more the Republican Party gets stronger. And by, the way, by the way, Frank, I agree. I think that it also looks so overreaching, so overbearing, and people are like, wait a minute, is this the America that they want to live in where somebody doesn't have rights? And suddenly a president's getting searched and they see Hunter Biden kind of hanging out with prostitutes and and smoking crack and just kind of laughing and hanging out at the White House. You know, I mean, there, there's there is such a double system of justice. And that, to me, is shocking to any American. And there are a lot of people out there that are going, wait a minute, you're doing that. Then you're hiring, you know, you're spending 80 billion dollars on new IRS agents uh, is this like, is there any other sort of overbearing message, you know, that you want to send to us within the next uh, 48 hours? I mean, it's really crazy, Frank. It really, and I think it is going to backfire, don't you? Absolutely. I think that it's already starting. I think that these, these elections, these primaries that are coming up between now and next week, especially with Liz Cheney, I can't wait to see her get destroyed. Uh, <laughs> It's it's going to it's it's going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a quote unquote massacre with these people and I don't mean that in a literal sense oh I mean that in a literal sense uh, I I I mean that in a in a in a sense that these people will these people being Liz, Liz Cheney and whoever else you know wants to destroy this man will will end up will end up on the back will end up on the outside looking in. Right, working at a, a candy store, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, I, hope, I hope so. I really – well, Liz Cheney will never work at a candy store. She got daddy's money. <laughs> That's true. She does have her dad, and she's been using – trying to get her dad to get out there on the campaign trail. I don't know if that's helping or hurting either. Boy, uh, that may not be convincing voters to get out to vote for her. Uh, Frank, thank you very much, and I do agree with you. If you look at the polls now in that Wyoming primary – and by the way, there's a couple primaries tonight, everybody – Frank reminded me because there are a couple biggies and we'll keep you posted as results come in on those. Um, and then next week is that Wyoming and also Alaska, uh, which are really interesting because you got Lisa Murkowski, remember, who wasn't always favorable to Trump. She's got some competition. And then you've got in Wyoming, she's in Alaska, obviously. And then Wyoming, um, you have Liz Cheney against Harriet Hageman, who we've had here on the show. And Harriet right now is so far ahead of Liz Cheney. Uh, in the polls. Um, so we'll keep you posted on all of that because that is definitely a huge, huge race. But I agree with Frank. I think, um, I think it's backfiring. I think people are seeing this as overreaching and I think they are seeing that this is just completely heavy handed. Let's go to Phil, uh, line two. Phil, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. What, what I can never understand about the citizens of the United States is what, where in God's name do they get the understanding? or the knowledge that this is their country. It's not their country. The Constitution has been gradually rewritten. We the people has been whited out. It's we the democratic left. 
The point is, think of it this way. The same things that they fought back in 1776, freedom of press, freedom of religion, right to bear arms, and so on, we're still having that same struggle at this point today, 250 years later. What they did to Trump is a, is a violation of law. It's based on the idea that they're going to – they already hit him for 15 boxes worth of stuff. They didn't find Jack. They came back and said, well, let's go again and see what happens. What they're going to do this time, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a scam, this is their plan, they're going to put documents in there to incriminate him. They, who, what's the guarantee? You have to see the search warrant. A search warrant of that magnitude from the DOJ has got to be ultra-specific. If it's not, you could, put, you could put material from the Ku Klux Klan in there, sign pictures, autograph to Donald Trump, and it won't mean nothing because it's not in the warrant. Although, you know, the problem is, Phil, the problem is, yes, in the warrant, but those warrants, warrants can be a little broader than the subpoena documents. And that's why they often people say, if you're, if you're going to do this wide sweep, you go for the warrant, even though this is unprecedented for National Archives Act. That's like, uh, you know, you tripped on the sidewalk and I'm going to go in and see while I'm investigating you tripping on the sidewalk to see if maybe uh, maybe 10 years ago your car hit some other car. You know, I mean, that's what they're doing. And they could what could happen, Phil. And this is what a lot of people suspect that they're going to try to find or put there. I mean, like you said, a lot of people are concerned because, by the way, there's definitely the whole reputation of the FBI is on the line now, too. If they go through that and they don't find anything then they're also in trouble, too, because it's like, wait, you raided a president's home and you couldn't find anything. So they're going to try to, like, find whatever they can, whatever it is, whether it's there or not uh, there before they got there. Who knows, you know, as people are alleging. But, I mean, the things are so crazy these days. But they're going to try to find anything that they can look at and go, okay, well, we were looking for this. Yes, the search warrant said documents related to this. But we happened to stumble upon this because so it was good. right next to that. You know, that's that's what I, that's what could happen because they don't so want to come out publicly and say it was January 6th. I think they're looking for January 6th stuff and trying to find it any way they can and use this uh, use this like archives request as the way to get in the door. It's been it's been three or four tries to cru- crucify Trump. It was it was the the Russia Russia spy hoax. It was the uh, urine tapes. It was this impeachment one, impeachment two. They they have nothing. They are so desperate because they got the returns from the networks on the uh, uh, the uh, January sixth hearings on TV. And I still want to know who paid for that. Was it the taxpayers? So the point is, they got very low ratings, okay? People don't talk about it. They're worried about inflation. They're worried about losing their home. Well, and they, got, and they got low results, even more than the ratings. They got low results. There wasn't any big bombshell in there. There was a lot of, like, smoke and mirrors and people repeating similar things. I, I personally, Phil, I literally went in with an open mind to see what I'd hear. And I didn't see anything or hear anything that made me go, oh, God, I didn't know that before. Um, so they didn't, that so far is a dud, but gosh, if we could find something that we happened to stumble upon that was stuck to a piece of paper on a napkin on somebody's shoe in Mar-a-Lago when they sneezed, well, boy, maybe we can use that. And that's where I think they're headed, Phil. And that's a dangerous path, uh, not just for him, but for America. Uh, Phil, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. 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 
Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, this is another big primary night here in America. By the way, several different big races will keep you posted as results come in. Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Connecticut, and Vermont. And one of the biggies that just came in, NBC News, is reporting that in the Connecticut primary for Senate, uh, Leora Levy has won the Republican nomination uh, and is declaring victory again. According to NBC News, she would face incumbent Democratic Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal, of course, who has been there for quite some time in Connecticut. Now, Leora Levy, interesting woman. We've had her here on the show. I've interviewed her. Uh, she's been with the RNC in Connecticut since 2016. She was born in Cuba. She escaped Castro um, and talks about freedom, talks about leaving, you know, communism and fighting for America and what America represents. So very much uh, somebody who is sort of an aspirational uh, America first, uh, certainly candidate. And by the way, she was backed by President Trump, too, in fact, too, as well. Uh, and she had just received his backing a few days ago, which certainly put a wind in her sails because it was a very competitive race. Again, Leora Levy, who escaped Castro in Cuba, uh, and now will be the Republican nominee who will be going up against longtime Democratic Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal in Connecticut. She just won and declared victory, according to NBC News, in the Connecticut primary for Senate. Again, now goes on to the general election, which, of course, is November 8th. We'll keep you posted because we're going to be watching other results as they come in tonight. There's a couple other big races. There's one in Wisconsin, by the way, too, that we're watching closely, which is a Trump candidate, Tim Michaels, versus Rebecca Kleefish. She's a Pence candidate. So it's sort of the Pence-Trump side again going back and forth. We'll see who wins. So far, Trump has had a very good track record. Coming up, we're going to continue to talk more about the raid. And is it all politics? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What are the politics of the raid on Mar-a-Lago against President Trump? So far, we're waiting to hear. We have heard nothing first off from the White House. They're basically like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Could there be any political implications behind this? Oh, President Biden's always said it's things are separate. Right. This is the same DOJ that basically called parents domestic terrorists. Remember that? Give me a break. And also, remember Merrick Garland didn't say anything about the threats to Supreme Court justices. He was mum when the Supreme Court justices were conservative. And yet, as soon as the decision came out on Roe v. Wade, then he came out and put a statement on the decision. I mean, this is clearly a political being. This is not somebody who is just generically speaking as he sees, you know, with balance. He clearly wasn't worried about the Republican Supreme Court justices, the conservative ones. He didn't say anything. I mean, can you imagine that is shocking to me? 
And then yet he did put out that statement, as I mentioned, right away on the other hand. So what are the political implications of all of this? Also, on the flip side, with President Trump, uh, I think most of this is all about trying to find a way to make sure they can get whatever they can on President Trump to try to stop him from running again, to try to bring him down again. They still see that he's having these enormous rallies. And right now, this looks very, very political. Well, this is what Senator Lindsey Graham, who knows President Trump very well, this is what Senator Lindsey Graham had to say about the sudden and shocking raid at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI, when it comes to Trump, has lost their way. This unending desire to destroy Trump and his family is frustrating. President Trump and I got started off kind of tough, but I admired him as president. I don't agree with everything he says or does. I've talked to him twice today, and I told him that, you know, there's legal systems in this country. Avail yourself of it, and time will tell us what's going on. But to those who feel like you need to, to violently react, the answer is don't. What you need to do is you need to make sure you show up and vote to stop some of this madness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is unbelievable. And boy, the double standards have never been so transparent. And if you thought that this was going to put Trump in a box, uh uh-uh. I said this last night on the show. I've known President Trump a long time. I thought this would embolden him, that he would say, you know what? I was going to wait till maybe after the midterms to announce. Now I'm going to announce before. You know, if this is not a reason to say we've got to get somebody in there who's going to be fair and to really hold people to account, I could see this already in his campaign ad. This is his message out there. And Lindsey Graham, who talked to him today, said, guess what? There is probably even a greater chance that this president is going to run now again. Take a listen. I know doing this 90 days before an election reeks of politics. I know this is a dangerous precedent to set, uh, and at the end of the day, there's a tremendous burden on the Department of Justice, in my view, to explain their actions, and I hope they will. I talked to the president just about an hour ago with Henry. The one thing I can tell you is that I believed he was going to run before. I'm stronger in my belief now. Every Republican I've talked to, my phone has been lit up. What the hell are these people doing? Can you imagine if this, the roles were reversed here? This happened in the Trump world against a prominent Democrat? Yeah, can you imagine? They would go crazy. I, I am telling you, and this really saddens me, if this happened to, say, Barack Obama or Kamala Harris or a number of others, they would be protesting in the streets right now. They'd be burning down businesses saying, how dare this happen in America? I mean, I'm just telling you, this to me is outrageous what happened. And I don't think anybody should be out in the streets burning anything. They should be getting out to the voting booth. But, boy, is this a wake-up call. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vinny. Line two. Vinny, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita, absolutely love your show. Um, it's absolutely nauseating. Uh, number one, we know it's all political. Number two, there's no way they're going to be coming out and saying, oh, we didn't find anything. Sure enough, closer to November, they're going to say, oh, we found this. They're going to try to ruin Trump running. But this is only going to make him a lot stronger. And he will run and he will win. Now, why do you believe he will run and why do you believe he will win? 
I think he's all fired up now. I think after what they did, this this was totally illegal. I think it was it was it shouldn't have been done. And just by him breaking to his house when he wasn't there, I think now this gives him fuel to the fire to say, you know what? Now I'm gonna run. Now I'm gonna win because they're saying Biden didn't know about this. Come on, Biden knew about it. I mean, we're not idiots here. We all know the truth. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like when the White House was asked about that, and oh yeah, we're separated. And you heard just that's just what I was thinking off at the top of my head. You know, remember, Garland couldn't say anything when Kavanaugh and and Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett were getting protesters outside their home. And remember when also, I mean, it wasn't even protest. They had that guy who was threatening to kill Kavanaugh shows up at his home and Merrick Garland doesn't say anything. I mean, that to me, that's outrageous. And yet the minute the Roe v. Wade decision came down, he puts out a statement about, you know, about uh, protecting you know, abortion clinics across the country. Like, if that doesn't show that he is playing politics and he clearly has one view, I mean, how could you not condemn an assassination attempt against a sitting Supreme Court justice? Forget if they're conservative, whatever it is. If I saw that somebody showed up outside of Sonia Sotomayor's house, I would be horrified. And 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 I would and I would hope it is. Isn't that sad? sad? And I would and I would go crazy if Trump's attorney general didn't put out a statement, you know, because that's so preposterous, don't you think? It is. It's it's sad. It's it's really sad. It is really sad that we have gotten to this point where they and they want us to think that they're not political. I mean, just come out and say we're clearly political. You know, I'd at least give them credit for being honest. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Then thank you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. You're great. Uh, Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts. How are you, Rita? Yeah, I think they're looking for uh, any communications that he had with Pelosi for calling the military so they could maybe delete it or erase it, because that's the only thing Trump really has on him, you know, with the January 6th. That's that's evidence. You know what I'm saying? So something, something has to do with that, that communications with the military. That's an interesting point. So you think that they're actually going in there to get rid of something that could someday come back to bite Pelosi or maybe cause uh, evidence for a hearing. That takes a lot of work, though, Mikey. That's a lot of sifting. But but, yeah. by, but by the way, wouldn't that be interesting if that's like the first thing they stumble on? You know, and, and I hate to say it, you know, when you look at the history of some of these people that are involved, uh, the guy, the judge who signed off, by the way, on the warrant, because you got to have a judge sign off on a search warrant, the judge who signed off on the warrant, at one point donated to Barack Obama and also was working with Jeffrey Epstein at one point. That's the judge. So tell me he doesn't have sort of uh, certain leanings, you know? I mean, there's a lot of questions here, Mike. And and put it this way, who knows what they'll stumble on? I mean, they may. you're right, they may stumble on something that is completely exonerating and suddenly it disappears, you know, that maybe could have been used against who knows what. So, boy, this is getting really deep state. Mike, thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to Norman. Norman on line seven. Your thoughts, Norm? Yeah. Um, yeah concerning your interview with Alan Dershowitz, uh, the thing that struck me the most was how he said because of his choices to back Trump that his friends, family, and synagogues are rejecting him. And, that you know, like I'm thinking this powerful guy, he's obviously bothered by this because personally – I, and I'm sure yourself and your other callers have experienced the same rejection. Um, we're 
you know, we're living through some sort of a social civil war right now. And, and, and you know, how, is how sad end? is that, Norm? You know what I think? I was sad, too, when I heard, you know, Professor Dershowitz saying, he said, listen, I you heard he was mentioning a number of people he's represented and issues he's represented. And he said suddenly when he started representing Trump, uh, he doesn't get invited to the library, doesn't get invited to certain, um, you know, liberal Jewish groups. And he's a Democrat still. I mean, he he just believes in the rule of law for everybody. And suddenly that's uh, not a not a, uh, you know, popular concept. Isn't that sad? You know, I mean, what does that say, Norm, about, you know, how divided we are and also how narrow people's minds are that they would block somebody like him out? Yeah, it's just uh, I'm seeing this all over. I see this with my family. I see this with my sister. I see this with my friends who I grew up with. And this, you know, the. Since Trump became president, he brought up some, uh, I, you know, there, there are some extremely divisive forces in this country, and I, I never realized it. I, I never, I never had this sort of division when it was when it was Bush or when it when it was Carter or when it was Reagan. I never, I never saw this time in America when everybody is just hating each other, and I, I just wonder how how is this going to end yeah it's scary and and sadly based on what we just saw uh it's intensifying you know i mean i mean if you look even today at the media you know it's stunning you look at a number of people in the media today it depends i mean if you're looking at you know at you know uh, on conservative media or conservative leaning media you see them saying, well, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's figure out what's going on. Why didn't they do this? They're asking at least appropriate questions. And yet the other side is saying, you know, basically he's going to have an orange jumpsuit on soon and, and clapping and happy and, you know, like celebrating, like, you know, fireworks. Like, I mean, to me, it's a sad testament if it indeed, as we know now, it was going after just documents, a document search that they actually went in you know, uh, with, you know, heavily armed agents wouldn't allow the attorneys to see. To me, this really is like a banana republic. And this to me is outrageous. And I would say it no matter where it was happening. This is not the way you handle anybody, uh, no matter, you know, uh, it was just a regular citizen or somebody who was the former president. It is, it's just, it is unethical. It's improper. It's overreaching. And it's the president of the United States, and especially when we know the way they've handled this in the past. I mean, that's what, to your point, I don't know where this is headed, that they are so desperate that people are on such a desperate mission uh, to obviously do whatever they can to President Trump that it doesn't matter. You know, it's like Constitution be damned, you know, or rules be damned, ethics be damned. And the reason I say that, Norm, I was I was a reporter covering Whitewater. I covered Travelgate. Uh, I can list all the gates. You know, there were like about a hundred of them during the Clinton time. You know, Monica Lewinsky gate. I dealt with that one too. But I mean, I covered all of those. And yet there was always a procedure and always a step. And there was always, because it was the president, certain things were always acquiesced to. And you look at it historically over and over again. And that's why this is well beyond Trump. This is now such an overreach of how you handle a former president. 
uh, that it is hard to put the genie back in the bottle. And I don't know where we're going to go from here. Um, I just think it's I think we're in for a bit of a very divisive time because it just points the division and it shows it in clear daylight how people feel and that they're willing to do whatever it takes uh, to try to keep power and to make sure that somebody else does not do power. Because right now, if all they got is they went in for papers and that's why they went down to Mar-a-Lago. And if that's all it turns out was that they originally went on a paper search and boy, we suddenly stumbled on X, then throw out the Constitution because it doesn't exist for people like President Trump, uh, sadly. And I'm saying that sarcastically. That is a sad, sad place to be. Norm, real quick, go ahead. No, I agree with you completely. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but it's, it is stunning, Norm. I'll tell you, my draw drive when I saw that they actually went to Mar-a-Lago and instituted, and now that we're hearing today, that it was for just a record search with the National Archives. Never in the history have they gone after a president and done a search warrant and also tied to something as, like, rudimentary as National Archives. There are always back and forths with presidents and National Archives. I mean, this is like a basic, this is like President 101, when you leave the White House, make sure you don't, this document, there's always something that maybe wasn't returned or that you negotiate because maybe you want to keep for justified reasons. You know, oh, that's a sentimental this or that's a sentimental that. I mean, this is like, this is really dangerous territory. I keep saying it's like someone who like spits on a sidewalk and they arrest you and then they find, oh, there must have been a robbery here somewhere and, oh, you happen to be in the area, you know. Wow, that 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 uh dollar bill that was stolen from the bank happens to be stuck on your shoe. Okay, you know. Right. I mean that's this is a scary place to be, Norm. Yes. Yes it is. And uh um we can only pray that it gets better. But uh I'm not seeing it. It's every day it seems to get worse and this thing with the FBI, I mean I think this this totally shames the FBI. I think this you know, this is this is not Elliot Ness. This is uh, this is some shameful stuff that they're doing right now. This well, thing. So. That's why I think they're going to try to find something, Norm, because, you know, they have to find something to justify what they did. And if they don't find something, it's actually much, much worse for the FBI. Uh, not that you want them to fabricate something because you don't. Um, but there's a lot of pressure on them right now. And we always use the phrase, you can indict a ham sandwich. And if they didn't care enough. Uh, to think back, wait a minute, this is a president of the United States. We're going in for generic documents and we're doing a search warrant. Then I don't think they're going to care enough if they come up with an indictment either. And, and we even had Rudy Giuliani on the show last night and he said he is worried and concerned about that as well. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, I always love to read your comments also on social media. And Tintin Lost in America, which I think a lot of us are lost in America now feeling this way, uh, says, is it possible to check with the FBI agents who visited Trump's Mar-a-Lago? Are they registered voters? Are they Democrats, Republicans, independent voters? 
be interesting to see. You could potentially uh, see if they're on the voting rolls. You could also see if they donated to candidates. You know, that's public information. Um, so that's a great, great point. Um, and also, by the way, Sal says to me on Twitter, and again, it's at Rita Cosby. Everybody, I love reading your questions and comments here on the show. Sal says, Rita, given the corrupt nature of the DOJ and the political bureau of investigation, you always have good lines there, Sal. Uh, I fear that for them, anything that might look like evidence is evidence, even if there is no evidence. And that's why the fact that all of us have so many concerns and question the credibility of the FBI, I, you know, if somebody had said this to me a couple, you know, years ago, I would have been like, oh, you can't, the FBI, oh, you know, they're this, this, but they have become so political. And we do know, by the way, uh, to one of your questions there, we know the judge who, who had to sign off on the warrant, by the way, was apparently an Obama donor, somebody who had donated to Obama. So there is a history there, and you could say that's the case. By the way, the guy who's in charge, he's the number two guy of the FBI field office in Washington, was involved in the whole Gretchen Whitmer kind of FBI stunt. Remember where they were trying to pretend like there was like that assassination attempt against her, and it turned out that the FBI was like trying to set it up to infiltrate these groups all the guys tied to it, basically none of them got anything serious in terms of time or charges. It was a big mess for the FBI, and it showed that they were trying to infiltrate these groups and didn't do a very good job. It was a real big debacle and a big, like, black eye on the people who were associated with it. Well, it was this FBI agent who's now the number two guy who basically was in charge of overseeing the raid that took place. So, you know, you, you wonder now with a lot of this stuff, uh, are they competent? And are they also clearly political, too? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max on line five. Max, your thoughts about all this. Rita, thank you for taking my call. Um, two things. One, Biden has taken about $31 million from the Chinese. I don't think we should turn a blind eye to this, and I don't think we should take our eye off of China. This might be a distraction to take our eye off of China, considering what's happening in Taiwan and China right now. Now, what are you, are you referring to Hunter Biden or who are you? Which Biden are you referring to? The big Biden, guy, the, the president, the big guy. And how yeah, so? Yeah. How are you referring to that? Because we we know, by the way, we know for a fact that Hunter Biden was getting paid by guys who were very well uh, connected with the Chinese government. And he happened to be on that Air Force Two flight with his dad, remember? But his dad has never talked to his son about business, we're supposed to believe, Max. Okay. So the point being is that that like, this could be a smokescreen to look away from what's happening in China right now. I don't know. It's a guess. But Nancy, Nancy Pelosi is another one. She's not Taiwanese favor, favoring Taiwan, the Taiwanese. She's favoring the Chinese. That's a great point, Matt. I wondered, Max, what is the timing of this? You're right. It could be a smokescreen for something else going on. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a powerful story coming from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, uh, because, by the way, Sunday was Purple Heart Day, and a Purple Heart Monument was set up and dedicated there in that area to honor combat-wounded veterans. There's a plaque on it that says, all gave some, some gave all. 
Military Order of the Purple Heart dedicated to all combat-wounded veterans. That's what's on the new memorial. By the way, the Purple Heart is awarded to those who are wounded or killed while serving in the U.S. military. And the former state auditor general there, who is, by the way, also a Marine veteran who served in the Vietnam War, said, quote, I am a recipient of the Purple Heart, and so are so many people who are here today. Uh, it's also basically a day that is seldom recognized. There are very few Purple Heart monuments uh, really across the country, and that's why this is so important. The Purple Heart was established in 1782 by George Washington, who at the time was the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. Wounds endured by Purple Heart recipients are basically the cost of freedom, and it's important that we never, ever forget them. And they said at the service there in Pittsburgh, the people here today have given something to our nation. The wounds of soldiers are the cost of freedom. And how beautiful that they now have a monument that people will be able to remember their incredible sacrifices for all of us. Well, we are talking, of course, about the dramatic raid on Mar-a-Lago as more details are coming out. But still, the White House's mom. Oh, we don't know anything about it. Does anybody believe that? I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn or the San Francisco Bridge. There is no way in heck. Yeah, maybe they didn't say, okay, it's happening today. Maybe they didn't say the raid's going to happen here. Maybe they just said, hey, a little something. Remember what we talked about uh, over dinner three weeks ago? It might be happening next week. Hey, pass the butter. You know, it could have been something like that. But I'm sure that it, they want us to believe that they had no idea, they had no clue, they had no influence. I don't believe that, and nor should you. This is what Stuart Kaplan, he is the former FBI agent, had to say about the way that this raid was handled. He said it is unprecedented, and he is tremendously disappointed in his old agency, the FBI. This is cut 23. This is equating to a pulling a hand grenade, pulling a pin out of a hand grenade, throwing it into a room and, tur- and walking away and with no concern for the collateral damage. This was an absolute missed opportunity for the FBI. Going back to then former director James Comey, Comey, when he was terminated or fired in May of 2017, he left a trail of damage and destruction where, for the first time, the integrity and the legitimacy of the FBI was now being called into question. The damage was immeasurable. It was irreparable. The damage is irreparable. Basically saying it's like throwing, as you heard, a hand grenade and walking away and going, ah, Good luck. I don't know what happened there. And if you listen to the White House briefing today, Corinne Jean-Pierre, listen to this exchange with her and a reporter when she's asked, isn't there some sort of constitutional right that a president and every citizen of America has? And shouldn't justice be colorblind? Shouldn't it be equal, depending, not you know, just fairness, no matter who it is, if the last name's Trump or if the last name is Biden, like Hunter Biden. Take a listen to this exchange. Yeah, and, and also you said that the president believes in the rule of law. Uh, does he believe in the rule of law when it comes to the former president or even his son? I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to comment anymore on on both of the topics that you just mentioned. The Department of Justice uh, is independent. 
with their criminal investigation. The president has been very clear on that. And we, I would refer you to Department of Justice on those, those two topics that you just brought up. Uh, 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 uh. And then this exchange, this is with uh, Peter Ducey, of course, of Fox News, who remember the president famously called a stupid SOB. Um, but this is what Peter Ducey had to say when he asked Corinne Jean-Pierre, can't you at least acknowledge that President Trump is clearly a political foe of this president. The president constantly says MAGA this, MAGA this, the terrible MAGA this, the MAGA king. I mean, he can't stop talking about President Trump. He clearly, he's always talking about President Trump. He has Trump, Trumpitis, right? But now today she's like, oh, no, he has nothing against President Trump. Uh, no, there's, they're not adversaries. No, 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 there couldn't be any politics involved in the raid of the former President Trump, who this president hates. Take a listen to this. This, to me, is a bunch of hogwash. Do you consider Donald Trump to be a political rival of President Biden? I'm not going to speak to that from here. But you talk about Trump all the time. So do you consider him to be... I don't talk about Trump all the time. Ultra MAGA, you guys were criticizing his handling of COVID last week. You've mentioned his January 6th response a couple days ago. So can you say, based on all that... I didn't say anything about Mar-a-Lago. I'm just asking you if you consider the president... I'm I'm saying from here I'm not going to comment on that. Does the president still want to uh, think that he would be very fortunate to run against Trump in 2024, like he had said before? Again, I'm not going to comment on... I'm not... I'm the president. In the next election, I'd be very fortunate if I had that same man running against me. Does he still... All I can tell you, Peter, is that the president intends to run in 2024. Ah, he intends to run in 2024, and, oh yeah, maybe some guy named Trump. You know, it's like, give me a break. That, to me, is so disingenuous. And every time, it's like the same thing. Like, uh, can you talk about this? No, 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 we're going to have to refer you to DOJ, who's not saying anything. They're not even putting out a paper statement. She basically said, I can't comment like 10, 12 times. And that's just like Hunter Biden. Whenever they ask about Hunter Biden, oh, no, we can't comment. No, 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 we can't comment. Anything that they don't want to, oh, no, no, no. But if they want to comment, it's ultra MAGA. They can't stop talking about it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line eight. Stan, your thoughts about this? Most interesting day, last two days. Most interesting last two days. It sure has been. It definitely hasn't been boring, Stan. I'll give you that. Uh, hey, we, we, we don't have to, you know, we can sleep and then wake up. There's always something new. Uh, let me oh, wait, 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 hang on. Before you go further, Stan. I didn't and, say and Stan, Stan, no, I no, no. I just want, I just want to ask you. I know, but I got to ask you this. You make it sound like, oh yeah, just a walk in the park. Don't you think it, this is an enormous deal that a president has had a search warrant instituted on his home? A former president of the United States. I don't care what party they belong to. It, it's not like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, another. This is an enormous deal. And believe me, if it were Democrats and if it was like President Obama's home or Hunter Biden, even Hunter Biden, actually, although at this point they might be like, yeah, what took you so long? Even the Democrats might say that by now after seeing those videos, which I've seen more than I've ever seen of a lot of people. But um, but I think that the the fact that this is just such a historic, stunning move and now we're finding out it's over documents. My goodness, Dan. Are you done? I am. Are okay. you ready to answer? You went on, went on to Hunter Biden and other stuff. Uh, the FBI in its history has done this to congressmen, to judges, to local officials, 
to senators, to governors, to judges, when they felt there was a need for a possible investigation. This isn't anything new. What is new is that an ex-president, and I'm using that word, ex-president of the United States, was negotiating with the FBI over four months on this paperwork and so forth, and had it in his house in Mar-a-Lago. Now, the Presidential Records Act basically states that this is public documents. They don't belong to Donald Trump, and they wanted to know what the hell, what's taking so long. Now, let's also understand there is a history with this man of technically not telling the truth on this or that. Forget, forget January 6th for a minute. I'm throwing it out. There is a problem with this man. I didn't make it up. He, he is his own work. I mean, for four months, they've been negotiating, and he doesn't, you know, negotiating what? Give them the papers or take out whatever you need. Stan, hey, Wait a minute. Hold no, it. no, no, no. Hold, hold it. Hold on. I'll let you continue, Stan, okay, but you got to take a breath for one second. Well, well, no, okay? you've been, you're hang right. on. <laughs> hang on, Stan. Hold on. Let's right. go to eat. Forget hang on. this whole yeah, thing. That's right. You owe me dinner, too. Let's We're gonna... forget this whole thing and have a drink. <laughs> We're going to get to that soon. We will. And right, come on. After let me, this, let me I finish, might need please. a few drinks. But anyway, here we go. We'll need to get loaded after this. We sure will need to. All right. Go ahead. All right. So here we go, my friend. First off. You talk about the document. Apparently, according to multiple reports on all different networks, all different sides, apparently Trump's team had given 15 boxes of documents back in January. So it wasn't like they were holding on to it. And then they said there are others. They said store those others in a safe place in the basement. I think they put them under lock and key under the basement there in Mar-a-Lago. And apparently they had another meeting about them. This is not unusual. That's the reason I say this, Dan. I have dealt with other cases with the National Records Act. As a journalist, this happens every time a president leaves office. There are documents that some they want to keep. Could even be as simple as a letter from, like, a former world leader that they want to keep because maybe they want to keep it, right? There's a whole bunch of different reasons. Happens Republicans, Democrats, there's always these lingering issues of what you got to return, what you want to keep. Vice versa. There's a whole bunch. This is I've, I don't think I've ever dealt with a president where there hasn't been some back and forth. This is normal. It usually goes on for a while. So apparently there was another meeting in June. They talked to him. He goes down. He even pops into the meeting. Does that sound like someone who's skirting justice? Well, yeah. Well, he, he, he it doesn't mean anything that he pops into the meeting. No, He's but, not the but one Stan, that, the point. Stan, now hang on, he hang, hang point, on, Stan. Please. Hold on, Stan. Hold on one second, Stan. Hold on, hold on to your knickers, okay? Because here's the deal. They have never done this in the past. When they wanted documents, they negotiated back and forth. You don't suddenly send a search warrant to a president's home on something like this, Dan, and that I speak from experience of someone who's covered other National Archives issues. That's where I'm speaking from. So that's the reason. You have to be fair justice. You have a problem with fair justice, Stan? Go is ahead. Donald Trump. Stan, any, I asked you a question. Do you have a problem Donald with fair Trump justice? Do you, any different do, than anybody else? No, and that's why he should be treated the same, and, and he's not. Right. So and he's not. Can, if they have got the legal right, they went down, they got the court orders, 
But they, they don't do the, that, Stan. In the past, they talked with the president's the office. cannot be trusted. Because you don't like Donald Trump, no, just no, like most like of him. the Democrats. And you just to be think, untrustworthy. Oh, so let's bring out Hunter Biden. What, are we going to make him the, the crack pipe of America? What are you going to make United, him? He wasn't president of the United States. Oh, let's get to it. Jimmy Carter, uh, Bill Clinton, George Bush. By the way, I am so glad you brought up Bill Clinton. Hey, no, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second, Stan. Stan. Do you think they They will defend this guy? They should. They should. By the way, by the way, by the way, if they have if they have any courage, they should. Because what they should do is come out and you bring up a superb point, and I'm glad you touched on that, Stan. Because the reality is, they should come out now and say, in the essence of the National Records Act. This is preposterous because this opens the door to now any future president can just have his home invaded if you didn't return a document or a paper. Because based on what we've heard, this is what the authorities at least are saying. It was over the Records Act. So guess what? This is going to be, boy, if Trump gets in office or the next Republican, look out Hunter Biden. Because every hotel room he's been in now deserves to be raided based on this. Go ahead, Stan. Hunter Biden, president. What do you keep going back to that idiot for? Yeah, I'm glad. By the way, Stan, 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 you you and I agree he is an idiot. We agree. Here's the point, okay? Donald Trump was the president of the United States, sadly. Well, and and you know what? And you know what? Sadly for America, his home has been invaded. And I would hate. No, that was not invaded. This wasn't illegal. It was not illegal. He got a court order. You claim it's illegal. No, it was not illegal. It was if overzealous. They did it on their own. Overzealous. They did it on, wait a minute. Overzealous, Stan. Give, no, give come me on, that Stan. Overzealous. Oh, Stan. Stan, please, I don't know please. what Stan, I don't know what planet you're on. I'm you on a just better hate, planet you, than you're on. You okay? just you just you hate you hate Trump so bad He's that to, it doesn't look, matter what it doesn't Stan, matter what that, he does. You, you hate you him so bad. Thinking, right? You have your thinking, right? I just like fairness. I like fairness. I believe what I believe. He well, cannot be trusted. He's no good. He will likely destroy this country. And I'm not the one that's done that. Stan, it sounds, Stan it sounds like you're already thinking he's going to become the president again. And by the way, I will agree with you on that because that's what Biden seems to think. And that's why I think the DOJ is going after him so overzealously. So you just predicted the future. Now we do have a lot to talk about over dinner. Isn't the FBI agent picked by Trump? Wasn't he a Trump appointee? It ain't political. Christopher Gray was picked by him. He's the FBI director. So don't Stan, talk to me. It's political. Stan, first of all, his name is Ray. Ray Gray, As whatever his name is. <laughs> Maybe his name Stan. is uh, your name, you know, whatever you uh. But the point is, he was picked <laughs> by Trump. He's a Trump appointee. He was so a Trump appointee, and Trump has continued to say it was the worst appointment he ever did, at least among them. But, Stan, I love you. I don't agree with a lot of the things you're saying. I know you hate Trump. Uh, but he, justice, he, he justice needs to be he fair. It on himself. Justice needs to be fair for all, my friend. It is fair. He's brought it on himself. All right. Well, you're going to buy me dinner after this one. All right. Thank you, Stan. Stan. Love you, Stan. Let's go to Elena. Elena and Tinek. Elena, are you going to mediate me and Stan at dinner? Because someone's going to be throwing something at Stan. Go ahead. <laughs> Rita, um, 
not throwing anything at Stan. I just want to share my own thoughts with you. You know, Stan, by the way, Elena, Stan has a little lovable edge. He's a little cranky, but he's he's a lovable cranky. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like, what was it, All in the Family? I used to love, <laughs> I used to love the character there. And, and you know, he was uh, hard-nosed. What? Archie, right? It was Archie, I think, right? Uh, but he was lovable. There was something oh, yeah. lovable about Stan. Oh, Go yeah. ahead, Elena. <laughs> good old, good old Archie Bunker. <laughs> Tough character. Exactly. We'll, call, we'll start calling Stan Archie. Go ahead. <laughs> Rita. I just wanted to share a thought about uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago on Trump's private residence. Rita, isn't this something that would happen in the Soviet Union? And now that we don't have the Soviet Union, America is taking, or the American left are taking on the role, or maybe they're only teaching Americans what could be done when the leftists take over and there's a dictatorship? You know, I'm beginning to wonder if this is not a classical lesson. Yeah, that's a, boy, what a painful lesson because to oh, me, yeah. and, and you heard what I said, Elena. What I, I am one of those people that if I thought something was improper with the way that they've handled something, you know, say it happened with President Biden. I would be speaking out. I really would because I feel very strongly about certain rules and fairness. This to me is so over the top as someone who has covered the records act before, you know, you know, you can create, you know, it's like, okay, somebody jaywalks, but you know, you hand out, what are you going to be handing out? You know, a hundred tickets for jaywalking. And usually they say, Oh, you know, just try not to walk in the street or, you know, come on, give me a break. Or you were speeding uh, one mile over a speed limit. You're going to suddenly like throw that person in jail, but let everybody else walk. I mean, that's what we're really this so far based on what we have heard. That's what it appears to be. And if there's something more, they should let it out because right now the public is just so skeptical and it just looks so horrible. And I think it's going to galvanize Trump. I, I think it's going to help Trump. Um, and I think as Lindsey Graham was saying, who spoke to the president twice today, he said, uh, he said the president is more fervent than ever to run. And if I were Trump, knowing Trump and hearing that also from Lindsey Graham, that says to me, who knows, maybe in the next, you know, few weeks or maybe as early as this week, he says, guess what? I'm going to announce I'm running. Can you imagine that would really, you know, I I see him just being emboldened by this, Elena. What do you think real quick? I I think this definitely strengthens his uh, power, his uh, reception from the people, it doesn't matter whether they agree with him or disagree with him. People are going to empathize with him because what has been done is totally wrong. Yeah, it is like the Soviet Union, just like you said, Elena. How sad is that? Uh, Elena, thank you so much. Always love hearing from you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I'm trying to get over uh, Stan calling in. Stan slash Archie Bunker. What are your thoughts about where things are headed? Stan seems to think, you know, President Trump can do no right. And I say that all presidents and all citizens of America deserve to be treated equal. 
And so far, I'm not seeing that. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew uh, on line one. Andrew, your thoughts. Stan Archie Bunker, he was from uh, Queens also, I believe. The oh, there you go. So there's some similarity there. They're both from New York. That that works, right? Same attitude, I, right? Same. I bet has I, the same I, relationship I would, with his family, too. Anyway, go ahead. I would, I would tell Stan, as Archie would say, dummy up, dingbat, dummy up. <laughs> <laughs> or meathead. Remember Rob Reiner was in that yeah. one, too. That's right. <laughs> and you have to um, thank me, not NBC News, for those election results that you read before because I was the um, stringer for the Associated Press that was covering New Haven. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. So Leora Levy, who won. And by the way, um, speaking of which, uh, there was another result that just came in. Tim Michaels, who was another Trump-backed candidate, just was announced as the winner of the primary there in the GOP for governor in Wisconsin. So, so far, the really two big races, Trump-backed candidates, uh, have won their primaries. Um, real quick, what do you think about this whole thing at Mar-a-Lago, Andrew? Well, I want to say, Stan, he's wrong because it's not equal justice. Like you, Sandy Berger, also Hillary Clinton. But not only we know about how she didn't comply with the order and smash her, but Comey actually lied and changed the law. He said that she was not gross negligent, that she didn't have a malicious intent. But that's not the law, and he knows it. Gross negligence is a real low bar, and it's actually a minor crime, like if you left your your laptop, you know, in a in a cafe or so he changed it. He said no prosecutor would prosecute. She didn't have intent. So he actually not only are the Clintons above the law, but they actually <laughs> changed the law so it, it doesn't apply to the Clintons. So he's he's definitely wrong on that. So you know what you know you hit on the key line, else. by the way, Andrew, you and I I know you you follow the news a lot and you follow a lot of the facts. You had on exactly because it was that key line that that um, he said that that Comey said James Comey. Then the FBI director said was that nobody would have been prosecuted for it. He like said she did this wrong. She did this wrong. She did this wrong. I remember watching the press conference thinking, oh, oh my gosh, he's going to charge Hillary Clinton. And then he said, but no prosecutor would go after it. That's what you could say about President Trump. Nobody would serve a search warrant for this. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.